The Arizona Coyotes are already under fire for their temporary visitors' facilities at Mullet Arena. We respond to those harsh criticisms ahead of opening night on Friday. Also, is it time to, re- to consider reassigning Dyson Mayo in favor of Victor Soderstrom? Plus, a beloved member of the Coyotes community is honored across the entire state. We revisit his impact on the Arizona hockey. All that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlak right beside me. On today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and Odyssey as well. We got a great show of you guys on today's episode. We got a day off. The Coyotes do not play until tomorrow. Home opener at Homola Arena tomorrow. And that's a good way to get things started, Carl, because be- because the the opener is tomorrow. We talked about a little bit about it on yesterday's show, but let's readdress once again because there has been a little bit of a Twitter firestorm from some people on the response of how the Coyotes' visitors' facilities are currently set up, and and I'll make in I'll make make sure they emphasize temporary visitors' facilities. Yeah, this is just going to be for four games. Uh, it's uh, the first four games. It's a very unfortunate situation. No one wants it to be a thing. Uh, it, it, it's a thing. Uh, and we kind of talked about it before. Uh, and I, I believe I also mentioned it on Monday. It's it's a thing. And it's it's temporary. It's it's not even temporary the way like their situation at the arena is temporary. It's just the first four teams and then there's going to be a built facility like brand new who can complain about that absolutely that's the most important thing to really to to really um you know hammer some of these people that they need to understand is the the annex the you know what is it you know 25 million dollar or plus you know or more uh annex that the coyotes put in to mullet arena um it's still being built. It's not ready until December. But obviously, yeah. you're not going to have the Coyotes play a, you know, what is that? Like, like let's say like a 20-game road trip to start of the year just because the, the annex isn't ready. The ice is ready. It's ready for fans, you know, like, and it's got a lot of NHL-quality stuff already, so Miners will use it for those at least four games before the annex is 100% ready. Yeah, and you say you're not going to make the Coyotes play a 20-game road trip. You are making the Coyotes play, what, uh, a six-game road trip to start, and they're about to go on another really long one, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that that, it, that does help break it up, right? I mean, like, that breakup makes a difference. 11, 12, 13, 14-game road trip after this. Uh after this homestand. So yeah, 
you are making the Coyotes pay for this situation. They're not happy about their opponents not having adequate facilities either because this is what's, you know, happening to them. This is, you know, the price that the Coyotes are paying for this situation. So it is definitely a thing where I get that other people think it's a joke. I get that other people think it it's not, you know, professional uh and yeah i agree it's also i would say probably like 10th in line of the biggest embarrassments going on in hockey right now uh oh yeah like there's there are a lot of other things to be worried about rather than a visitor's facility but let's keep in mind the fact that this is the arizona coyotes we're talking about and if you're a you know member of you know of hockey media in anywhere uh east of the Mississippi River and north of, you know, Chicago, then you're just going to give a lot of, you know, you're you're just going to be the kind of person that just wants to crap on the Coyotes on any opportunity you can get. Yeah. Yeah. And the Coyotes are such an easy punching bag. And, you know, I, I think everyone kind of agrees that it's not ideal. And I think that that is kind of just kind of tempering the backlash to like much less than what I expected. Sure, maybe we'll see more. Maybe there'll be some quotes after the game uh, that kind of spur something else. But for right now, it seems like, you know, enough people are like, yeah, this is, you know, not great. No one wants this. And it's just everyone kind of agreeing to that. And no one's taking the next step and saying, this is something that reflect like is extra bad, at least not as many people as I would have expected. Exactly. And let me ask you, let me ask you this question too, to kind of go back to what you were just saying about like now two minutes ago is um, if you were a hockey player in the NHL um, and you were getting ready to play against the Arizona Coyotes um, and you were in this facility. First of all, what would be your initial thoughts? And second of all, like, you know, you know, or let's say you were playing for the Coyotes, right? Like, would you rather have just, just like that as a, you know, as like, just like, all right, four games at home, get a lot of crap, or not see your family for two and a half months? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely say that. I think that the Coyotes players, are getting the worst end of the stick. Uh, Dallas, Florida, New York, I believe, and Winnipeg. Uh, sure, uh, you're not getting a great situation, but yeah, the Coyotes players are are much worse. They're they're on the road. Um, someone once brought up the fact that they're like the career of an NHL player can be so short that. This is theoretically one person's like only trip to Arizona, only chance playing. Like theoretically, it could be their only NHL game of their career, and they have like a crappy dressing room. Like that's not cool. I, I agree. I, I don't think that that is an ideal situation. But I'm also just an adult who's worked in enough places that have been under construction that I'm just like, yeah, you you make do. We've all kind of been there before. Um, and yeah, that, that's my opinion of it. I mean, and to me, and I'll tell this right to you right now, I still think 
it isn't like the worst like in a stadium whatever you want to refer to like um faux pas or you know just embarrassment that's been done right um yeah. i'm just gonna go ahead and call out um crossing sport uh, sport lines here and call out the oakland days um if you are a follower of baseball you know where they play at the coliseum and they've had plumbing mistakes carl they've had a t- they have situations where the like the where the a's players are taking a shower and the shower is crap out and in the middle of taking a shower so they had to go across the entire facility to the oakland raiders facilities to be able to change to finish taking their showers I mean, say what you want about the facilities in Moa Arena. I am willing to bet money that no one is going to get mumps in them, like the <laughs> massive amount of NHL stadiums a few years back. Like, it could always be worse. Uh, I think in the last episode, I brought up like uh, Sochi and just kind of like people documenting how ramshackle things looked and how it was supposed to be one way and it wasn't it looked much worse nothing looked ready and i i think kind of the difference between this situation and that is like we knew it was going to be this going into it like no one should be surprised by this and i don't think many people are and i've also seen people be like yeah yeah it's it's not ideal but it's a thing and you deal with it and you deal it's with not it. the worst it is thing what it is for these four games like just deal with it like yeah we're you know we'll see what's like but honestly for the most part fans are excited for it you know they're excited to see it so that's all i'm that's all i'm that's all i'm uh, all, I'll, all i'll say yep absolutely anyways though we got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're going to have to discuss another thing, a little, little question, we, uh, we might say, a question of whether or not we should decide a, 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 a roster swap of Dyson Mayo for, for Victor Soderstrom. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, I'm going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So I just want to say that BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting, football, and the start of basketball season. It's where you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and the NHL. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Now let's go ahead and address, you know, the next the next bit and. Carl, you brought this up as a potential topic uh, before we hit record, and I thought it was a really good thing to discuss because Dyson Mayo was scratched in the last game, um, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been playing well um, as nope. compared to last year when he actually was pretty good. Um, so you yeah. got to ask, where are you now, right? 
Um, do you send him down? Do you bring it Victor Soderstrom? Because he's Victor Soderstrom has, you know, tends to look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I think Victor Soderstrom always tends to look better in the NHL than he does in the AHL, apparently. Um, at least that's what I noticed this past season. Um, I don't know. It's just one game. So I think it's definitely too soon to say that maybe since Mayo would need to clear waivers. You do risk losing him, but he has not been playing great. Uh, He had a very not good game against the Ottawa Senators. He's also not been the worst player. Um, I would never fault him for that. And he's been getting some pretty significant minutes. like just doing math in my head looks like at least 17 minutes a game. I think that is an indicator, but I want to think of, you know, getting, to, getting certain players, the opportunity to develop and develop in the way that you want them to. Um, the case of Victor Soderstrom sure. is he's, I mean, like it, like you said, he tends to play better, uh, 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 you know, but is it good for his for his development? Um, I mean, is it better for his development to be up here? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't been really impressed with the Coyotes blue line outside of like Mosier and Gostaspare. Like, Valimaki's made a couple good plays, but, like, in general, it, it's not been a, a stellar defensive effort by the Coyotes this year. Um, just kind of like, Mayo is definitely the odd man out. And if you want to shake things up, do you risk sending him down? Like, that's that's the question. It is a risk sending him down because, like you said, he has had to hit waivers. Um but, you know, if you are uh, Bill Armstrong and Andre Torna, you have to make some hard decisions when it comes to this to, to, to this roster. And, you know, you and I have been talking about this defense and how poorly they've been playing for quite a while. And if they're, if it's not, if they're not performing, make a change. Make a change. Yeah. And like you said, if Mayo being the odd man out, Kind of just, you know, you might have to bite the bullet at this point because this kind of change might help kind of boost something. Yeah. Um, you know, counter argument to that is you are also making a change by just playing Patrick Nemeth. Uh, like that could be a substantial enough move, like keep him in the in a couple games. You know, Kaya's got to win. You don't want to r- mess with the roster too much. Start him again over Mayo. Get Mayo working like extra hard at practice. Like that is also like a potential thing. Like we don't need to send him down just yet. That is kind of a, you know, you could only play that card once, um, unless you want to send him to the ECHL if he doesn't respond well. In which case, we I have would... a substantial problem on our yeah, hands. No, like there would have to be a major problem with Mayo to get had to get sent down from Tucson down to. Who are they with now? Because I know they uh, Atlanta or Georgia, the Gladiators. Yes, somewhere. I mean, you know, same state. Just I, yeah. either yeah. just name. Um, 
Yeah, ECHL guys, they get confusing because um, they change yeah. they change affiliate hands all the time. Um, I mean, we did a whole segment about how they have changed names multiple times of like I think last month when it was announced. So yeah, they all kind of bled together for us who have not experienced them I'm in well, real time. I mean, what was it in the last few years for the for the Coyotes? You had Rapid City a couple of times. You had Fort Wayne. <laughs> You had uh, you had Norfolk. You had um, yep. Man, who else? I think is that is it just those. At least I think it may be just those. Good good on that. you for 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 naming all the ECHL affiliates. If that is indeed all of them, because <laughs> uh, I definitely would not be able to do that. Yeah, um, my brain just ha- happens to somehow remember information like that in the most weird sense. Um, yeah. I'll take it though, you know, my hockey, my hockey knowledge can extend down to the ECHL might as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't, either doesn't way, sense. Mayo's not going there to get us back on track. Exactly, uh, we don't want to go too far off track. I just like joking around on that, but yes, Mayo's not going down there. Um, you know. And the chance of him getting sent down to Tucson isn't high, at least in the next week. Um, and like you yeah. said, right, the kind of see what happens, you know, like have Nemeth in there a little bit more, see if that makes a difference. Um, and then, like, if you just if you have you sit you sit in mail for a decent amount of time, it's like, all right, you know, you had a, you had a couple games of a break on being scratched. Let's try you again. And if he still yeah. doesn't produce, that's when you send him down. Yeah. Because also, Mayo just needs to be working his butt off every single day. Like, the position he is in right now with the Coyotes, it is definitely precarious, um, would I think be the best way to describe it. Like, he is, you know, he just got scratched for the first time, and that could either be the last time this season, or it could be the start of many kind of scratches for him, or potentially being sent down. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we still got more to get to, though, on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Um, a f- beloved member of the Coyotes community, community is getting honored on, on Arizona ice rinks, you know, all around the Valley. We're going to talk about that, you know, and kind of revisit, you know, this guy's legacy on Arizona hockey in just a moment. But first, I want to let you guys know uh, and thank everyone once again for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen today. You know, after listening to this episode, be sure to make your second listen locked on sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Let's now move off, you know, move on things to the final bit of this of this podcast episode. Something that was just released. Um, you know, midday yesterday, Carl, it's a little bit of a feel good story. You know, obviously the Coyotes are a rebuilding team. That sounds really, and that's really sad. Plus the mold arena situation. We started off with just like, Oh, come on. We have to battle this again, but we can go to some feel good. Right. Because, um, you know, we talked about Matt shot and the way that he kind of, and, and talked to other people who also, um, Told, talk, told us about Matt Schott's legacy on Arizona hockey and how much he made a difference. Um, and the reason why I mentioned Matt Schott is because, um, first of all, I think 
there's going to be a banner raising ceremony for him at Ice Den Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. And that banner, there's going to be one of those banners all around every single ice rink here in the Valley. So Ice Den Chandler, Ice Den Scottsdale, AZ Ice Peoria, AZ Ice Gilbert, AZ Ice Arcadia, like you name it, it's going to be there. Because again, yep. you know, we we're going to reiterate the impact that this guy has made on the local hockey community. I don't think words can really put enough into it. No, absolutely not. Um, like the fact that I think we both realize the impact that he had by talking to people, by having multiple people in multiple cities kind of talk about what he has done to help their program and what he has meant to them. Uh, it is truly something that, like, th- there's no way to properly describe it. There's no way to properly commemorate it. This is awesome. Like, I love seeing this. Uh, and it's still probably not enough to, to like, fully appreciate what Matt has done for local hockey in Arizona. He, he was truly a massive figure. Exactly. Because, you know, you take a look at, Obviously, he was a massive part of the uh, the Coyotes development program on, you know, and doing like, you know, stuff, junior Coyotes and stuff like that. Um, but the, the ice rink that I play at, Carl, Coyotes Community Ice in Mesa, um, you know, that's where the that's where the Kachinas play. Obviously, we talked to Lindsay Fry and she made a, and, you know, and she did a lot of things, did a lot of things with them and talked about the impact that Matt Shaw made there. And it's awesome when I'm there because I see a banner there that that has the entire list of the um, Kachina roster from I think the what like two seasons ago, um, and it says Coach Matt Shot. Um, yeah, his name is up there. Like again, this guy's name is everywhere. Um, yeah, not only was he you know Junior Coyotes and and just development programs and Growlers and uh, and uh, what is some of the other one like Little Howlers and whatever? But like, yeah, he also did Kachinas too. You know, helping that out with uh, with Lindsey Fry and like he had his hand everywhere. Like, yeah. And if he had just been like a employee of the team who helped grow, like coach a youth hockey program, like that is like kudos to him for just that. But he grew the Kachinas and it became a thing where like. When I first started writing about the Coyotes, no one knew anything about the Kachinas. No one, no one talked about like the Coyotes youth programs. I think there was always some smattering of it, but it was never being taken seriously. Um, and it's one of those things. When I started writing on Five for Howling, Matt was briefly with the team. Um, like he was briefly writing about it and then he went on to do things and actually like make an impact in a way that I did not. So it is always great for me when I encounter someone in my life who just goes on to do something phenomenal like that. Cause it's like, man, that is insane to, to see where you started and where you ended up. The other cool thing is, um, I can say, even though I never met the guy, Carl, like officially, like he actually te- technically, I guess you can say technically had an impact on um, getting myself into playing because the league that I joined was mainly done, you know, helped with part, you know, like in part of Matt Shot. Like he kind of, like maybe wasn't directly 
you know, didn't help directly find that league, but he, you know, he was in communication to the people that did. Um, yeah. So he, he was, he was a player to ask for advice. Uh, I think, I think back, I remember the last time I saw him and it was like, uh, maybe close to a decade ago. Uh, and we were just walking through the arena and he was doing something important and I was just there watching the game. And so like I startled him and the security guard who was walking next to him because he was doing something important looked very nervous until he just instantly recognized me. He's like, hey, can't talk now. Doing important thing. Please don't do that. And <laughs> I smiled. Uh, he was always just a, a phenomenal guy. Uh, I really wish I had stayed in touch with him. Uh, as he went on just a phenomenal journey to do so much for Arizona hockey, more than I think anyone will ever be able to appreciate, like just so much. Absolutely. And like we mentioned, he's going to be having a banner raising ceremony at Ice Den Chandler. All, like the, and like I said, the banner is going to be shown everywhere in all the ice rinks here in the Valley. Um, but in Ice Den Chandler's when they actually have a ceremony on it, to get the details on that. I think they already had it. Did they already have it? I, I, I swear I saw a banner raising, and I think Joan spoke. So there you go. It may have already happened. I may be misremembering something, uh, but I'm fairly certain I saw it twi on Twitter a couple days ago or yesterday, maybe. Yeah, but um, if you want to check it out, I mean, just go go to, you know, Go to these rinks, right? Go to these local rinks um, and check it out because I think that's the most important part, right? To see, um, to kind of, you know, to see something like that because I think that I, I think that was awesome. Yes, absolutely. And okay, uh, yep, I'm seeing from ten twenty four this evening. We ironed Matt shot by hanging his jersey at the Ice Den Chandler. Uh, this match, uh, the shot 94 banner will hang in each rink around Arizona as tribute to Matt's dedication to growing the game in the state. Just wanted to make sure that we had that. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, like th that was something I kind of wish they had publicized more. Like, I, I didn't know about it. Like, that seems like something where wasn't too many people. It would have been nice to to kind of have a crowd there because I think people would have gone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, um, it's awesome to see that it's, um, but, um, so yeah, the ceremony we missed, but it's going to be there. You're going to see the number 94 everywhere. Um, and it's like, it looks like if you see the picture, it was in the, um, the lavender color, um, as a, you know, in like the respect to, um, you know, like his, you know, having lived with cancer and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so like that, which is also really cool because um, something I uh, totally almost forgot about is seeing that that's, you know, that's the same number that Josh Doan wore. And, the re and that's the reason why Josh Doan wore number 94. Um, mm. I, I did not know that. Uh, that is, that is definitely cool to hear. Right. Like, like that is such a, a tribute. Um, Wow. So yeah, a phenomenal thing. We love to hear it. And obviously, um, anyone who has listened to the Lockdown Coyotes podcast knows how important it is that you know we you know highlight people 
who grow the game of hockey. We would have loved to have been able to have someone like him on, but we are glad to have people on to speak to his legacy. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully, like I'm sure as we keep talking to people, there'll be more people who will speak to his legacy. Because 100%. Yep. 100%. It's just that big. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we close things off? This has been a this has been an episode. It it's definitely it's definitely a lot. It is it is a lot being a, a Coyotes fan right now. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, Mold Arena. That that opening is coming soon. Absolutely, Mold Arena home opener is tomorrow, Friday, October twenty. 20- Eighth, it's going to be an exciting one. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the rollout goes. We'll be talking about that, of course, um, all throughout the next week as much as we are able to. And like I said, I'm going to be at the arena next Thursday as the Arizona Coyotes take on the Dallas Stars. Um, we're going to be able to, you know, do as much coverage as we can because it's going to be an exciting time as the Coyotes get ready to kick off another era. But that's going to be it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review to like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media or on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio, Carl Pavlock, that Carl Pavlock at H. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back or in a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there, hope you guys are staying healthy, and don't forget to howl on. Hello!